Hello everyone and welcome to my very first episode of my podcast to you from me. So this episode is just a little intro into about me and how I ended up here really. So just a bit about my background. I am 28. I'm from Dublin. I grew up in a good few places around Dublin actually. We moved around a good bit. Um, I lived with my mom and my younger brother. Um, I was always really active as a child, loved gymnastics, loved dancing, singing, all that kind of crack. Um, I was quite shy as a kid, but it didn't really hold me back from doing things. Um, I really loved to make friends and just being in the company of other kids and adults. Um, But I was always kind of the one sitting there just with a little smile and not really contributing, just kind of enjoying what was going on. Anyway, skip forward a little while. Um, Primary school was good, loved primary school. Secondary school was grand. I think depending on the year you're in, it kind of gets a bit dodgy how you feel about it. Obviously, the workload doesn't help with the stress and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I was quite happy in school, actually, up until about 16 or so. And then going into fifth year, the workload kind of piled on a bit. Um, And I wouldn't have been the natural kind of brain box as some people might be. I worked hard at it um, but it didn't come naturally to me. Um, So yeah that's kind of my early school days when I started to get those kind of sick feelings in my stomach Um, and it just kind of all went from there. I I used to have to, to ring home a good bit Um, weekly really in school to get my mom to come and collect me because every morning I'd go into school I just feel like I was so ill um, and I didn't I just didn't know what was wrong with me so my mom would come and collect me and bring me home and I'd have actually um, a Granny Smith apple it always kind of helped to calm my stomach and I'd go home and have a little sleep and by half 11 12 o'clock I'd be okay Um, and I kind of got to the stage in school where I remember one teacher pulling me out of a class asking me was there any possibility I could be pregnant (laughs) and which there wasn't at the time so we just kind of kept going as it was and the feeling of the sickness didn't really go away I just kind of learned to put up with it if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, 50 around by, 60 around by with the same kind of thing. I was in and out of the doctors. I kind of thought there might there might be a possibility that I was celiac or had like a gluten intolerance or something. All the tests were done. Everything was fine. I mean, the biggest thing that came back was that I kind of aired on the side of low blood pressure. So yeah, that was kind of normal-ish. So I just kind of thought, you you come to a stage where you think, okay, well, is this all in my head? Am I just making it up? Um, so I just try to ignore it. Um, and yeah, so the Leaving Cert came, did the exams, had a nice enough summer, and then exam results came back, which I was a good bit nervous about. And I mean, I did fine. It wasn't brilliant. It wasn't really bad. 
I didn't get my first choice to go into college. So I always wanted to do musical theatre in college. And London was kind of a write off uh, straight after school because I couldn't afford it. It's just so expensive. So my second want was primary school teaching because I've always worked with kids and I love kids. And yeah, so I just didn't get the points for primary school teaching here. So I went to Liverpool and I got a course over in Edge Hill University there. Went over there for a year. Um, I liked it, but it wasn't for me. Um, I was lucky enough I had family over there, so I wasn't completely on my own. Um, anyway, I came home after the year because it turned out there was a musical theatre degree course being set up in Ireland. So I completely jumped shipped because it's what I've always wanted to do and enrolled there. So that started off in DIT, um, which was great. Um, it was actually a diploma course. So did two years of the diploma course there in musical theatre. And then the degree course was validated in American College Dublin. So we went from DIT on the level six and level seven diploma over to American College Dublin, which was the degree course. So that's all fantastic. I'm doing what I want to do, but I still don't feel um, normal, if normal is the right word. <laughs> it, I just always kind of felt like I never had that kind of push or that much energy as everyone else had to give. I was always kind of second guessing myself. I had this unnatural um, feeling of terror in me a lot of the time in classes or in auditions. Now, it's it's normal to have a bit of nervousness in auditions. That's always a good thing to give you the drive to, to kind of get the best outcome out of the situation. But this wasn't normal nervousness. Um, it was just that complete feeling of terror that when I stepped in front of people to do what I knew what I was capable of doing, my whole body just shut down. Um, I couldn't sing, my whole throat would close up. And I just, it was getting me down so much to the point where I questioned, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to do this. And if I don't do this, what else will I do? Um, so it was really weighing on me. Um, I didn't really talk to anyone about it. Um, I'm also, I would fall under the category of giving off a false sense of confidence and I think that was trying to protect myself of people seeing actually what a mess I felt like on the inside. Um, now one of my lecturers in college was actually quite good on picking up on that and was really, really helpful for me um, in college. And I, to be honest, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd end up now like where I am if it wasn't for her recognizing it in me um, and just kind of pulling me aside one day and saying, look, you have masses of capability here, but there's something holding you back and I don't know what to do about it. Um, and I, I think you might need to talk to someone. 
and I was just a bit like mm, yeah okay I'll, I'll think about it and I didn't really do anything about it until we had a Christmas performance in college about three years ago I think and it was video recorded and I remember watching myself back on the recording and thinking oh my god that's not what I look like when I'm performing my whole body was stiff it was like I just felt like there wasn't one bit of energy in me there was no flow it was during a dance recital and I just was like oh my god I have to do something because I'm never gonna get anywhere if that's what I look like when I'm performing because I certainly didn't feel like that's what was coming across when I was performing so ultimately that that's my biggest block when I perform I feel like I'm doing something completely different to how the people watching me view me um, and that might sound really complicated but it's actually a lot less complicated now in my head so basically I ended up going to see a cognitive behavioral therapist um, I was in there for the guts of a year um, it was very hard my the first couple of sessions I I just cried I didn't know why I was crying we were just having a chat really she was just getting to know me and why I just kind of felt so uneasy all the time and why I felt so tense all the time and why I'd lose my patience at really kind of simple things um, and so it was really for me going back to the beginning and um, going back to when I was younger and kind of starting to explain my life to this stranger and um, which I found actually easier than talking to someone who knew me really well um, I felt like there was no judgment I felt like we got on really well she really listened um, but it it didn't really it didn't really have a full effect on me if that makes sense I kind of was definitely able to um, understand my mind better and maybe why I reacted to certain situations in a certain way and I was able to apply that into life but it didn't it didn't fix me and that's what I wanted I wanted this quick fix to okay everything is fine now so I ended up taking a break actually from the CBT, the Cognitive Behavioural Therapy and I kind of just went back into life as normal. Things were a bit better for a while and then I kind of started to go back to how things were um, and I had a lot of stuff going on at home. So in my own house um, and with my grandmother um, we'd be a quite small family so this time last year my grandmother had a fall and broke both of her wrists um, and about three weeks later she was given a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and early onset dementia. So 
it wasn't easy. There's only maybe three of us trying to to help out, to do what's right by her, to look after her, to make sure she has everything she needs. Um, so we ended up getting temporary accommodation in a convalescent home for her, um, which was great because it gave us the time to figure out, right, what's the plan here long term. And yeah, the day she went into the nursing home, I relocated down to Sligo for a couple of weeks for work. And I had a week down here and it was great. It was nice and relaxing. And then one day I just started to get a really, really sore throat. And me being me, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I have COVID. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in a house with people of a certain age. And to be honest, I'm just shitting myself. So I rang the doctor and they organized for me to get a COVID test because I have asthma. So they were just kind of erring on the, the caution side. So I started to get these really bad pains in my chest. Like my skin was like too heavy for me. I just wanted to take my skin off my chest. And so my COVID test hadn't come back yet. So I didn't know whether it was a positive or negative. And I just had these days of having to lie down. I couldn't even sit up at the table to have my dinner because I felt like my chest was just caving in on itself. So I just have to go upstairs and lie down all the time. Um, and it wasn't getting any worse. So the person I was staying with suggested that I call the doctor on call. And they just said, look, anything got to do with the chest, we have to send you to A&E. So got dropped up to A&E. Um, I had to get put on the COVID ward in A&E because we we're in the middle of a pandemic and it could have been COVID. So they couldn't mix me in with anyone else there. So got the chest x-rays, the blood tests, the ECGs, everything. And I was like, OK, this is great. I'm going to know what this is. Um, and I had a really, really lovely doctor who came back to me. I was actually so fortunate because it was during the time where no one wanted to be around a hospital in case they'd pick up any infection. So I was pretty much on the ward on my own with two doctors, like three nurses. So I had the full whack of attention. Um, and anyway, this really lovely doctor came back to me and he was like, look, Everything is clear. Um, your bloods are fine. Chest x-rays, fine. And if there was any sort of COVID detection, it would have shown up on the chest x-ray. So I was kind of like, it wasn't really what I wanted to hear because I felt like I was having a stroke. Um, and he was like, look, I just want to run something by you. Do you ever feel like you have these buzzing sensations in your fingers? And I was like, yeah, over the past week, it's just been constant. I said, right now, my whole face is buzzing that when I touch my face, I can't feel my face and the same with my chest. And he was like, OK, yeah. So what you're describing to me is extreme anxiety. And I just kind of burst out crying because I think I knew it was true, 
but in the back of my head I didn't want it to be true so I was crying like bawling (laughs) and he was so lovely and he was like look it's absolutely nothing that we can't sort and I was like okay he said what I don't want to do is just whack you on a load of medication because it's the complete wrong decision he said I'm going to give you something to kind of calm down the chest muscles to allow you to breathe and to calm he said only for three four days and then I want you to make an appointment with your GP and between the two of you can make a plan going forward, whether it's just going back to CBT or with a mix of medication or something like that. So that was fine. I really, I really, it took the guts of about maybe three, four weeks to really calm and that was just calm inside myself. Um, I didn't feel like me. I I couldn't exercise. I had no want to do it, which was completely unlike me because my life revolves around jumping around the place, running all over the place, teaching, dancing. Um, and I just had no want to do it. Um, which was upsetting me because I didn't think I'd ever want to do it again um, and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I, yeah, I made the appointment with the GP and she was just so lovely and so willing to talk, so understanding. So what we ended up doing was I went back into CBT with a combination of medication and so I started out on 10 milligrams and I actually can't remember the name of the medication but she was checking up on me every kind of two months making sure I was okay Um, and we ended up actually having to increase the dosage to a 15 milligrams which is what I'm currently on so it's basically just one tablet a day and Like, I'm not a doctor, I don't have any degree in any of this. It's just going off my previous experience, really. And it's just to help that immediate panicked feeling, um, that one tablet a day, in combination with my own coping mechanisms, with my breathing exercises, with my rationalizing with myself from what I learn from the cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's work, but it's a work that's worth doing um, to just help get that normality, I think, back into life. And the biggest thing for me was learning that it's been with me my whole life and it's something that I couldn't understand in myself as a child because it wasn't really a thing. Nobody really spoke about it um, when I was growing up. And not even that people refused to talk about it. I just don't think people really knew what it was. And often I think what it was seen in me was bad behavior as a child or boredom or ah, you'll be grand, you'll, you'll get over it. Um, and it's not 
that simple. If it's not recognized and it's not nurtured, it's not going anywhere. It will manifest and it will impact your adult life, um, which has happened to me. But luckily, with the combination of my GP, that doctor in the hospital, um, and the help of friends and certain adults in my life, I have really learned that this is okay. Um, and it's absolutely fine to talk about it. And it's a good thing to talk about it because I listen to so many podcasts and one in particular actually owning it by Caroline Foran, which is a fantastic podcast as well. And I just remember listening to one episode in particular and just bawling because I could recognize with all of it. Um, And yeah, I think for me, I took some time off working. I had to take myself off a couple of jobs. And for me, that killed me because I hate letting down people. Um, and I had to take myself off the guts of like three jobs so that was like over a period of six to seven weeks but I'm so glad I did it because I just took the time for myself um, and it kind of where my my book manifested from I just started jotting down the things that I do for myself and they were quite childlike because they are going back to the basics of basically reteaching yourself how to breathe when you get those feelings of panic or anxiety. It's just not not the chest breathing, it's the stomach breathing and the calmness and being able to rationalize with yourself. And for me, that's the biggest thing. And yeah, so that's where the book started from and it grew and... It's in independent bookshops now and available from my website, which is www.kerrygolding.com. And yeah, it's available to purchase and it's going good. Um, it's, it's a grind, self-publishing, but it's good. Um, and then, yeah, this kind of came into play and I thought, you know what? I'd love to talk to some people who have had that experience of the anxiety through childhood and maybe not recognizing it and then finding themselves in a position of adulthood and thinking, oh shit, what's happening to me? Um, And also some professionals in that line of work who can give insight to it and how important it is to recognize it and talk about it. So that's how I've ended up here. (laughs) And my next couple of episodes will be with some well-known people, some child psychotherapists, some actors, some primary school teachers who experience it in the classroom, some parents, some and performing arts people and hopefully I'll be able to give you a range a broad range of people in everyday life who experience these things and just make you realize that it is not just you and it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to feel like you're crumbling inside sometimes that 
there is help um, and just not to be afraid to ask for it. So I hope um, you understand a little more about me now and I can't wait for you to join me in my next episode. Bye for now.